Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sydney Coach Replay Show. My name is Corey Camp. I'm your host, and I'm excited for today because yet again, one of my favorite coaches <laughs> and colleagues is on Dr. Stephanie Affinito. If you don't know Stephanie from some of our previous episodes, she's been on a lot to talk about technology and reflection and um, supporting our teachers just in so many different ways. She's always got a wealth of ideas. In fact, she's like my number one Voxer chat on Voxer. We are always <laughs> boxing back and forth. Um, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's the author of uh, Literacy Coaching and the... Uh, coaches sketch notebook. Did I get that correct? I'm trying to, th I'm going off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. 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 Coaching sketch, sketch notebook. Yeah. Notebook. Um, which if you don't follow her, you need to, we'll drop her a Twitter handle and everything here, uh, in the chat, but, uh, and you can find it on the notes and takeaways, but, you know, Stephanie and I were talking earlier, um, this month, a little bit about just supporting teacher reflection and then how important it is for us as coaches to reflect. We've been doing a lot of work on some projects together. And so we've been reflecting. And uh, I thought, you know, we ought to bring this conversation to the show just because I know this is where a lot of coaches are right now. Uh, and maybe you're too tired to take a moment to reflect <laughs> after this big long year, but this episode's going to be here for you all afterwards. And Stephanie has three really, really great steps that we're going to walk through today to help you think about your year and think about moving forward, especially after such a monumental 18 plus months of experience that we've had. Um, we've all had to adjust, but not all of those adjustments were bad really. Um, some of them helped us become uh, stronger and more efficient in our coaching skills and the relationships that we've built. And so how do we keep that moving forward uh, in whatever circumstance that we have next school year and beyond as we go in? So that's what we're talking about today. Welcome, Stephanie. It's always so fun to have you on the show. So yeah, have you reflected yet? Have you spent some time or are you still wrapping up some of your coaching cycles for the year there in New York? A little bit and of both. <laughs> so I think all of us, like all of us, um, we've had to reflect as we go because things have changed so often and in some cases so significantly throughout the school year from in-person instruction to virtual instruction to hybrid and then and back and forth in between all of that. And so a lot of reflection as we go in the minute, in the hour, in the day. But now we are starting to wrap up. We actually finish our school year here in New York at the end of June. So I know mm -hmm. some some fellow coaches might already be done with the year and now are ready to debrief and others might be anticipating that end mm -hmm. of the year and might be getting ready to do that. But either way, wherever you are in your school year and your ability to decompress a little bit. Yeah. I think yeah. the, the three steps today are pretty intuitive, pretty mm -hmm. um, easy, and really don't take a lot of time, especially with the templates that we're going to share at the end. So any coach, no matter where they are in their headspace or their mindset, I think will walk away with something that can move them forward today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and this reflection, it's 
it's so valuable, valuable because I mean, we are, we are, we're getting ready for depending on, you know, our contract days, we might be getting ready for a break and summer with like the rest of the teaching staff, or we might be on, uh, still for the rest of the summer, but we are saying goodbye to our students. We're saying goodbye to our teachers for the summer. We're gearing up to prepare for next school year and the professional learning that we might have to participate in designing and offering um, as we kick off the new school year. And so it's it's a good time to take some moments. And this is why I love about the three steps you're going to present, because they are pretty intuitive. However, when we were talking, I was like, you know, I didn't always do that, especially step number two. And so we'll talk through, (laughs) yeah, we'll talk through what that looks like. And I, and I honestly have enough coaches who do number two. So stay tuned for step two. Um, But, but really it's just so valuable. So that way you can really rest and reset this summer. Uh, with my teachers, we've been doing a lot of reflection. We had uh, Miss Shoot on earlier this month to talk a little bit, or last month rather, about how coaches can support teacher reflection. But really, we need to think about our own reflection and uh, whether that is independently, which I think we should all start there, but then also you know, collaboratively with other coaches to gain more ideas and then take a moment just to write them down and then leave them there. You pick them up whenever you're ready to get started back into the new school year. So, yeah. So if you've got questions throughout the show audience, I encourage you to put those in the comments below. We'll kind of get back to you. We might even bring some of those up during the show, but uh, let's jump into the first step. What is step number one for reflecting and thinking forward next year? Okay. So step number one is probably the step you were expecting which means finding a decent block of time where you can relax, where you can take a breath, where you can think. Maybe you've got a a nice beverage or a snack beside you to help you decompress and reflect. And so this is where you wanna get out your notebook, you wanna grab a piece of paper to jot your ideas down. And it's really important that you do that you don't just keep this reflection in the head. One one author I really enjoy, um, Anne Murphy Paul, she wrote uh, a book called The Extended Mind, The Power of Thinking Outside of Your Brain. And she says, in order to reflect inward, we actually have to get our ideas out of our brain and in a physical space so that we can see them, we can really reflect on them, maybe we even manipulate them or highlight them or cross them out so that it gives us something tangible to work with. So in the first step of reflecting, we're gonna make it real, we're gonna make it physical and tangible, and we're gonna think about a couple of different prompts, probably the ones that you might be already thinking of. The first one is to just think back on this question. What were your most memorable parts of your year and why were they memorable? Right. So what were the the things that went really well that are jumping to mind? And then also what what maybe didn't feel right this year as well? And why did those things go well and why did those things not not feel right? Obviously, we have a global pandemic impacting the, the realities of those questions, but it also helps us think about what was working in our coaching position for the year and maybe what wasn't working, but something that you wanna tweak for the coming year. And thinking about those two things of what went well and and what didn't feel quite right, 
that's where you can start to ask yourself, where do I think I need to grow as a coach? Or where do I want to grow as a coach? So when I look back at the end of the next school year, I've got more positive, memorable events than the things that didn't feel quite right. And you can also think on what kind of data do you have to support that, right? Do you have information from teachers? Do you have survey data? Do you have information about student performance that are, are impacting how you're thinking as, as well? But you want to make sure that you jot those down some way. It could be a narrative where you're actually writing out longhand what your responses are. Maybe you're a list maker like I am, and you just jot down what comes to mind in terms of what went well and what didn't feel right and what I know I want next. Or maybe you're more creative. Maybe you're a sketcher. Maybe you're a doodler and you you represent those ideas that way. But it's a, a first level of reflection to get down on the page what's really jumping out at you of being significant from the year that we've just finished. I love this because, uh, and, and this is some, this is part of the best practice and research that I share a lot when it comes to using video to reflect. And the reason that the, the video tool that, that we use, Sydney, um, has the comment box for those videos is right reflection doesn't stick. It doesn't make an impact. It is, it is less likely to impact your future actions unless you are engaging actively in that reflection and writing down. There, there are research studies that say, you know, reflection is great. We all do it. We're constantly reflecting. We are usually that first type of reflection that you mentioned where we're reflecting in the mm -hmm. moment as things are happening and being responsive in the moment, um, kind of adjusting with our, with our hair on fire, like I used to say when I would do in my classroom. Uh, but, but then to really sit down and reflect on and for practice uh, to yeah. be able to look at the bigger picture, examine the details, and then set action steps based off of that reflection, that doesn't happen as intuitively for many people because they don't do things like journal and right. sit down with the data and get it out, right? Get those ideas out. So um, these are all so important. And I, and I love these, these prompts that you, and I've been having them kind of scroll across mm -hmm. the bottom. So just to kind of recap what you've said, you know, taking a, a moment to reflect on what was the most memorable moments as a coach and why. And, and I've got a few of those. Oh. They're, they're typically coaching sessions or um, I've even got a few products that were created as a part of the coaching cycles that I did that mm -hmm. seemed to be really helpful and powerful. And I actually got to use them with more than one individual. So um, they were, they had an impact at more than just that one-to-one -one level, right. but then also what didn't feel right. Um, and why, why, why didn't it feel right? Uh, what was, what was it about it? Maybe it was a conversation or maybe it was how you started or introduced your coaching. Maybe you felt that every time you started working with a teacher, you sense there was this misconception about what it is that you are there to do or how you're there to support mm -hmm. them. Um, so then, you know, that can help us think a little bit about really clarifying our roles as coaches. Um, 
And then, you know, based off of what was great and what didn't feel right, thinking about where do I think I need to grow and the data, right? What we should be doing should be supported by data. Our guts can tell us a lot, but we can also should be able to pull that data and be able to right. see that. So, right. Yeah. I love those. And that actually leads us to step two, which is the mm -hmm. one that not as many people end up doing in the reflection. So step two is to audit your coaching calendar. Mm -hmm. So what often happens when we sit down to reflect, like we may, like we just talked about, we often remember the really highs and the really lows. Like we think of those memorable things of what went really well and maybe what didn't. But there are hundreds of things that we did in between those mm -hmm. highs and lows that we tend to forget because they they weren't memorable but just because they weren't memorable for the emotion that we felt around them doesn't mean they were really important to our coaching role and so taking a calendar audit simply reminds us of everything that we did throughout the school year that we likely forgot and again helps us get it out of our brain and onto paper so that we can objectively take a look so this might be a an agenda if you are an old school paper planner and so you just get out your your paper calendar or maybe you get out your teacher plan book if you still use that as a coach mm -hmm. or maybe you head online to your google calendar or your outlook calendar instead but everybody has some way that we keep track of our days and that's what i want you to audit i want you to flip back to september or August, depending on where you are. For us, it's, it's September in New York. And each month, I want you to take a look at each month and ask yourself a couple of questions. And of course, you can jot down your responses in, in a notebook or even on the side of, of your calendar. But you want to think, where did you spend the majority of your coaching time that month? What did you do? What were the tasks that you completed? What were the coaching activities that you actually engaged in? And then second, thinking about what aspects of your coaching was lacking. What did you want to do as a coach, but you didn't get to? Or what did you notice that you, you usually do? Or maybe um, COVID changed it or something else changed it, but, but what was lacking that you might have expected to see there that month? Sometimes that isn't obvious to our mind as it is to our calendar, really taking a look at that and doing that month by month, seeing the changes and then kind of looking back. What did I mainly do in the fall? What did I mainly do in the spring? What did I mainly do as we got towards the end of the year? And did those coaching activities that I'm now objectively looking at help me meet my professional goals? Were they what I wanted to accomplish? where most of what I was doing focused on teaching and learning, or were they side tasks or other things that took my time and attention away from coaching that now that I see it on paper, I might be able to do something about. And the last question that for me is the, the most important is, did I prioritize what I love most about coaching? is why I became a coach evident in my calendar this year. If you love book studies, did you do book studies? If you really enjoy those individual coaching cycles over all else, 
was that prioritized in your schedule? And sometimes thinking back doesn't give us that same objectivity of actually looking at our calendar and seeing what we did, scrolling month by month, and just jotting down those aha moments as you see them. Like, wow, I didn't do a single coaching cycle that month. And that's really important to me. Or, oh my goodness, I spent far too much time on this busy work or this paperwork or this extra thing that they had me do. And I didn't actually get to do what matters most in coaching. Seeing it in your calendar helps you to have those aha moments. And then in that moment, we can think forward of what we want to do about it so that our next year's calendar looks more closely to what we imagine. And and this is the thing that I love about um, this step is, is, again, it's not something that I always did. In fact, when I was a campus coach, I wasn't often asked, right? Like I, I did what um, my administrator asked of me, what my teachers needed, whatever I could fit in. I didn't do a great job of logging those things. Um, you know, I think I was excited. I didn't have to have lesson plans to log all the time. Um, but then when I became a district level coach, uh, my my supervisor, my mentor would ask me, what have you done this month? What types of activities did you engage in that met your goal for your purpose of your role, but then also your professional goal? And so something I began doing um, was I started keeping more of a digital calendar at that time, but I also color coded my calendar. This was something I did back <laughs> when I was lesson planning. And that also makes it super easy to see all of my coaching sessions uh, and one-on-one -on -one coaching cycles were a specific color on my calendar and my PD sessions were another color and the planning yeah. for those PD sessions were another color. And this is something I continue to do today in my role as uh, a, a consultant and a, and a coach uh, at, a, at a bigger scale. And it really makes it so much easier just to look at that, that week at a glance or month at a glance kind of calendar mm -hmm. and be able to visually see patterns in your activities yeah. and then kind of drill down into, you know, I did so many coaching cycles uh, that month, but it was only with these two teachers. You know, I only ended up working with one-on-one -on -one with a very small, small handful of my teachers. And I want to be able to have some one-on-one -on -one time with all of my teachers. So um, right. being able to look at your calendar in that way uh, is important. And if that's something that you, like me, my first years as a coach on a campus, didn't really keep that calendar of those, those things, uh, that's something that you can put on your goals for next year, right? To be right. able to look back at that. Um, but chances are you've got some kind of a some kind of a log. I also look in into the Simi platform that I use and I'm able to see the frequency at which I, we are sharing artifacts back and forth in the huddle. I can look at that coaching tracker and and start to see that as well as the things that are outside of the platform that I do. So, right. um, but this is huge and it's, it's important for our reflection, but it's also a really good way to justify our position, justify the things that we prioritize to those others who have a say in how we spend our time, right? That's one of the hardest things about right. being a coach is we wear so many hats and, if I spent most of my time doing data and assessment, wearing that hat this past year, and not much of my time in actual support of my teachers um, in the classroom with their instruction, with co-planning, 
that might be a conversation I could have with my administrator and reflect together with them, invite them into that reflection to think about next year. Right. So, yeah. No, I love this. And, and again, it's something that not everyone spends much time doing that I really do think is is a powerful way to look at your coaching activities and what yeah. you really did with your time that year. Yeah. yeah. And now I know why we get along so well is because you color code things too. And <laughs> my Sharpie marker is in the uh -huh. back. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm also a doodler and a sketcher. And so, yep, yes. absolutely. It's a, it's a great uh, yeah. strategy. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Um, yeah. So then, all right, we've, we've taken a moment to just kind of reflect back, think through just kind of our gut and our intuition about the year, right. um, identify what sticks out to us in our memory, then start to look at the data. The biggest piece is really looking at that calendar, Right. Um, you know, and maybe they've all, maybe you've also as a coach done coaching surveys and you've requested right. feedback from your teachers. Uh, those are also really good to look at at this time. Yeah. So then what's next? Uh, are we, are we done reflecting and moving into action? Is there another meaningful part of that reflection that should happen? What's step three, Stephanie? Step three is probably the unexpected step as well. So like Corey said, we started with our gut and what our emotions told us. We moved more objectively to our calendar and had some aha moments on what it is that we actually do and what we might want to change about the coming year. So the third step in this whole reflective cycle is to actually start thinking about next year, what you want it to look like now that you're in the moment, you're in the reflection, you're in your calendar. What do you want for next year? And before that feeling goes away, before those notes become shuffled away in a notebook that you can no longer find, I'd like you to consider creating a coaching menu or a coaching choice board, depending on the, the term that you prefer, that instantly packages what you hope for yourself for the coming year based on that really great reflection that you just did by offering teachers a menu of activities to choose from that will help you build partnerships for the fall. So a coaching, oh, go ahead. And I was, I was gonna say, I, I'm, I'm loving this idea of this menu and I, and I want you, and I think you're about to go there. What is a coaching menu? Can you dive yeah. a little bit deeper into that? Yes, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a, it's a menu of possibilities for coaching. So it could be a simple list. Here are all the ways that we might partner together in the coming school year. It could be more of a graphic that could actually look like a menu and, it, and it's got categories. Mm -hmm. So if you know you want to prioritize in the coming year, book studies, professional learning and classroom coaching, then you'll make sure your menu has different ideas and ways mm -hmm. to partner with teachers around those three topics. So your coaching menu, your coaching choice board is what you physically share with teachers as a way to say, how do we want to work together this year? But by creating the choice menu or the coaching menu or the choice <laughs> board right after your reflection, right when you know what you really want to do, you're ensuring that your year next year is a little bit closer to the vision that you're imagining for it by putting those mm -hmm. options in front of teachers to choose from you know that whatever they choose, it's what you know matters most for the position 
and what you know you really want to do in your coaching heart to get mm -hmm. your your next year closer to the vision that you have. Yeah. I think so. There's a couple of things I love about it, and I'm going to put up. You've got an example here, so I'll put yeah. this up here, and we can talk a little bit more about the elements that you have here, um, because I, I love this. I used to give uh, a list, right, when I'd reach out to teachers mm -hmm. and say, "Hey," because I, especially when I was a district level coach, I didn't know all of my teachers, so all of the new teachers I at the beginning of the year here's what I'm doing, or, um, hey, we have this new curriculum, here's how I can support you in implementing that. And I just give some examples. And I'm like, and this is not an exhaustive list. Right. Um, so just give me a call. And I can let you know if that if that is something I can, I, I know my limits, but um, usually th there would be things that I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be a really great thing to do. And then I'm adding it to the list of things for the next year, or the right. next quarter that I push out. But um, it sets the tone, right? And yeah. uh, it really helps you prioritize. It's so important that we find the joy in what we are doing. Yeah. And like you said, if book studies bring us joy and we find value in that, uh, there's how can we continue that? So that way when the monotony comes in throughout the year, we are still doing something that we feel that fills our cup and supports our yeah. teachers. Yeah. Um, but then there's and also not, this choice there, which is also yeah. so powerful for teachers. Yes. And I think the other point that's really important about the menu or the choice board is that it's it's making the coaching world tangible. Mm -hmm. So in, in my research on coaching, what I found in the schools that I worked with is when districts didn't have something on paper or something that was tangible that really described what the coaching role was. Right. what it did and what it might look like, those coaches' positions were often shifted and fragmented and changed over time as the needs of the schools changed. And and shifting and being responsive to schools is always a good thing as long as it's still prioritizing teaching and learning and coaching. The schools that had a document that actually said, this is what a coach does, this is how a coach could help me, those districts were able to stay truer to that, even in the midst of chaos. Maybe not a global pandemic, but the typical kind of chaos that happens in, in a school year. So it's kind of a win-win. You're mm -hmm. documenting what you could do, so your school prioritizes it and understands the importance. And with the choices that you put on there, you're making sure it's something that you know matters most and fills you up too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I see some things here on your coaching menu uh, that I love. So I see the categories. So there's opportunity. We can learn together. We can collaborate together. We can create together. And then under each of those columns, you've got a few examples of ways mm -hmm. that this can look. And then, and, and exactly, uh, this is what I used to do in my emails to my district as well. You know, don't find an option that you love, let's create one. So yeah. you're really just opening it up to them and saying like, here's how I can support you. Um, this is, this is a few of the ways that our partnership can look, but uh, yeah. I'm open to suggestions. So yeah. And what's nice about it is that it can change over time. So mm -hmm. this is what the board might look like in the beginning of the year. But mm -hmm. then mid-year, you shake it up a bit and you send out a new board of possibilities. And certainly at the end of the year, it changes again. So the coaching menu is meant to be this living document 
that changes, as you change as a coach, as your teachers change, as your students' needs change, and maybe as the world <laughs> changes yes. too. That certainly yes. changed our coaching menus last year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could <laughs> see creating a menu based on a specific, you know, school or district priority. Uh, let's say, mm -hmm. you know, small group instruction is a big focus for the campus yeah. for that year. You could create a menu all about small group instruction. Here's the different ways I can support you. What I also love about the menu is um, you've got a range of choices here, not just in different yeah. categories, but different intensities of collaboration, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. It could be like, just, I just need you to take a look at something that I've created and I just need a sounding board or I want to engage in a full feedback cycle. And sometimes I, I, I know that teachers haven't reached out to me as a coach in the past because they thought like it was either going to be a, this long drawn out thing or right. um, that I, if they said I'd like some support that immediately meant I was going to be sitting in their classroom with a notepad and, and that very intimidating feeling right. when really they could just say like, Hey, I've got this scenario and we could just talk about, it. I mean, sometimes right. just that sounding board is a really valuable and that really gets to kind of the heart of what coaching is. Um, so they can ease themselves in a little bit and build relationships, build rapport. So um, yeah. I think it just makes your role as a coach so much more versatile and dynamic uh, by thinking about your activities in this menu idea. So yeah. Yeah. I love this. And we're going to give them the link, right, Corey? We'll give yes. them a, a Google Doc link that you can make a copy of, mm -hmm. swap out the Bitmoji and fill it up with what matters most to you based on steps one and step too. Yep. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. So uh, where you always download our notes and takeaways, you can find all of these steps, these guiding questions for step one and step two. And this uh, example of uh, Stephanie's coaching menu that you can just make a copy of. And then get, like she said, you can put your own bitmoji in there or put another image. You can change things up, but this is a really great kickstart document for you. Um, and we would love to hear how it goes. We'd love to see your coaching menu as you create those yeah. over the summer. And if you have, have any questions or need any support, uh, you can always come back to this episode and comment on it, or you can reach out to us. Um, but yeah, I think this is, I love that these three steps really do kind of take us from just our gut to the data right. and that object objectivity, and then to action. Um, right. So really great process. I don't think it takes a long time to even just start to jot down yeah. some of those initial ideas, and then you can make a more formal, um, you know, deliverable of that menu once you get going back into the school year next year. But uh, at least set right. your future self up for success. Your August and September coach will be thankful for yeah. uh, the work that you <laughs> did this June. Uh, and so, yeah. 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 Right. That's a great point. Yeah, definitely. Now, I want to invite folks to um, see and hear more of you, not just by following you on social media, but also by checking you out at our Better Together Summit yes. uh, next week. No, next week. Not next week. Week after next. It's not the end of June just yet. June 21st and 22nd. Yeah. We'll put the link in the comments here below. Stephanie, as well as 
a number of other, we've got over 62 breakout sessions. Uh, Some of them are on coaching specifically. Some of them are are on delivering PD, team learning, um, overall leadership. So this conference is for coaches and instructional leaders at all levels um, to really up their game when it comes to professional learning and transform the way that they facilitate support and learn themselves in their organizations. It's a completely free conference and yeah. you are uh, one of our hot breakout sessions, Stephanie. So I'm excited. <laughs> Have you I'm excited that? too. Um, mm-hmm. So a little sneak peek, my session is all about how to build your own coaching, personal learning network, how to kind of surround yourself with positivity, surround yourself with other coaches and mentors who can fill you up for the coming years. It's a perfect way to kick off your summer with a little bit of homework from the session, but fun homework that will get you connected um, online in multiple ways to really send you into the coming school year. So imagine if you did that and you Mm -hmm. had a coaching menu, you'd be all set. Yes. Yes. You'd be on fire for next year. So that, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, I really do register. It's completely free. Tell your friends you have access to all of the sessions. So if you can't make it the 21st and 22nd, or you miss a great breakout session, they're all recorded and they're all going to be available for the next 12 months. So they're for you the entire school year. If you need a refresher, a reminder, or you're finally in the headspace to be able to take in those ideas they're all going to be there. So it's really, really great. It's our second year. Last year, we had over 4,000 people attend. It's all virtual. And so, yeah, so excited to have you back. You presented last year as well. So it's always so great to have you there. All right, Stephanie, anything else for our audience as we um, wrap up? This is one of our last episodes of this season. We'll take a break in the month of July. So any any words of wisdom or advice or message that you want to leave with our audience? Yeah. I guess I would say, you know, take time for you. As a coach, this, this reflective part is certainly important as a way to think about what we want to hold on to and where we want to go next. But you can't really do this kind of thinking, this kind of objective look at your coaching role or even thinking forward if you're stressed if you're overwhelmed, you come from a different place. So we're talking about reflecting and thinking forward, but at the same time, it's important to just step back and decompress and then come to this reflection in a really good headspace. Um, you know, rather than the, the craziness of the school year, you know, a little bit of wait till you can, you feel your shoulders settling a bit mm-hmm. and, and then jump in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That is such good advice. So All right, Stephanie, thank you so much for having us again. Don't forget you can download all the notes and takeaways and the resources from this episode. Uh, I know we'll have you back again next season, season three. Can you believe it? I know you've been with us since season one. I know this is a thing now, right? (laughs) This is a thing now. That's right. (laughs) Uh, so we'll, we'll see you again. I know I'm going to see you again in just a few weeks at Better Together. So thanks again for joining us, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. All right, y'all tune in next week for another episode of the Sydney Coach Replay Show. Have a good one.